All right, welcome back to the Nostalgia Podcast. I guess we should we should have called it the Boostalgia Podcast to stay consistent, but yeah. it's the Nostalgia Podcast for Boostalgia. Yeah, I was introducing the last one as Boostalgia, but then we still called it Nostalgia in the title because I mean, I don't want to make it too confusing. But this is the Boostalgia Podcast. Yeah, well, the, the end of the spooky season, I guess, for us. We really pulled out all the stops and made two whole videos for Boostalgia. <laughs> We try our best, okay? There's there's some good ones. They're fun. Yeah, this was this was good. I mean, for me, honestly, to get a video under ten minutes was a nice change of pace. <laughs> I, have a, I have a hard time with brevity. I don't know why. Um, so this uh, episode was for, about the Japanese movie and video game Sweet Home. So if you haven't already seen the video, uh, we're gonna talk about it in depth. So I would suggest you go watch that video first and then come back and listen to us ramble for a while about it. Um, Wesley, you, you said you were, you were watching the movie as we were setting up. Yeah. What are, so what are your, what are your I, thoughts? I still have it playing in the background. It's getting, it just got to like the first really graphic thing. There's been a few things with like, there's a creepy baby, but now this guy is like <laughs> cut in half and like crawling towards somebody. Oh yeah. And she That's, had to uh... bash him with a wrench. It's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty intense. And it, but it like, it looks good too. Like it's. Those, like, real creepy, like, Clive Barker-looking special effects, like, practical shit. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's Dick Smith. I mean, there are a couple of other names on the, uh, on, like, the credits for makeup, but I think a lot of the, the scary stuff is Dick Smith, and I think a lot of people will be familiar with his work, uh, but not know who he is, but he did the makeup for Reagan in The Exorcist, which is, I mean, that's <laughs> iconic. Yeah, there uh, are some awesome pictures of him putting it on her, too. He, he did the exploding heads and scanners, too, which is awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, which which makes sense, I guess, because uh, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. I, I, <laughs> I, all right, so I got to take a quick second to talk about recording this episode. Um, I guess this is the first time we've ever done a, anything that was, like, foreign. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, not that wasn't, that wasn't like, in a, you know, English names. So that yeah, was fun. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I got to I got to stretch my my weeb muscles and try to pronounce Japanese names correctly. <laughs> I think you did all right. There wasn't anything that was too crazy. Yeah, um, but anyways, uh, so I guess he was really inspired by. I guess he was a big Toby Hooper fan, which makes sense with the whole Poltergeist thing. That's what that's what really comes to mind when I watch it. I mean, I know Poltergeist had was a little bit more lighthearted uh, because of the Spielberg production, but light-hearted uh, not light well it is i mean it's it's not it's not like a straight up like uh i'm trying to think of like a you know it's not like a straight up like f- slasher horror flick because it has some goofy moments too but yeah. I, I think it's funny because i mentioned in the in the video that uh the guy who produced sweet home juzo itami he wanted some more light-hearted like comedic elements and it was kind of against the wishes of the director and the writer, which is funny because apparently that's pretty much exactly what happened with Poltergeist. Um, so the fact that uh, oh, Kurosawa I said, was... I think you said Exorcist earlier and said it was a Spielberg production, but you meant Poltergeist. Oh, did I say Exorcist? <laughs> I was yes, I totally, I totally I was going on IMDb and I was like, I'm pretty sure Spielberg <laughs> had nothing to do with Exorcist, but I might that'd be, be wrong. A, that'd be a crazy turn for Spielberg. I want Spielberg to make a horror movie, like a real legit horror movie He's just by himself. Come kind of, I mean, some people call Jaws a horror movie. That's true. 
I mean, but it's also for like back then, a summer especially. blockbuster, so I don't know. Yeah, well, that's it made I mean, a that's whole. That's what Spielberg does, right? Made like a whole makes, generation of people scared to swim in the ocean, so I guess true. that's a horror movie. What I was saying though, now that we've it's Poltergeist, yeah, uh, which is you know scary, but it also is like kind of funny and has some goofy stuff going on. And I think it's funny that the this Japanese director Kurosawa was so influenced by poltergeist but at the same time he had a, a guy behind him changing his vision because that's apparently exactly what happened between toby hooper and spielberg i mean i think the rumor is that spielberg ended up like directing a lot of poltergeist yeah um which is funny because that ended up happening to sweet home yeah just a cool just a cool parallel but uh yeah there's i, I mean if, cool you, if you if you about poltergeist I, I, you can watch Sweet Home on YouTube, and it, trust me, it's very similar to, to Poltergeist, which is cool. I like Poltergeist. That was, like, the first scary movie my, my dad let me watch. Yeah, you don't want to start off with something too crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, should we... I, I feel like I, I, I gotta talk about it, because it's... Honestly, for me, it was, like, what made me want to make this video, was the whole thing with Juzo Itami, the, the producer... Um, I know it's it's random, and I so we have we ever recorded the narration for something and then cut it out of the video, really, like a a major portion of the narration. Um, I feel like by the no, time we get to recording really. the narration, we've pretty much already pared it down as much as the video is gonna get cut down. Yeah, I think there was one time where I I was gonna record like a really long thing for the Sid and Marty Croft video. I was talking about like the synopsis for the hr puff and stuff show and i did mm -hmm. like a really fast like rambling like it's about this and this and this because it's like oh yeah that shit crazy but it just <laughs> didn't it didn't fit with like the tone of the rest of it and it kind of like slowed things down and we took that out but yeah never like a big like piece of information yeah we we've gotten our little production process down pretty down pat where once we record something and start editing that's pretty much what's going to be in the video in the final version but now this time i had to cut something out just because i didn't think it felt right with the rest of the video so uh, i assume a lot of people probably won't really know who juzo itami is but if you i mean if you're a film student or i mean hell if you watch uh what's the guy's name on uh, youtube uh binging with babish um he did uh the movie Tampopo, which is, I mean, it's a comedy drama kind of thing, and it deals a lot with like the, with ramen. So I think a lot of like foodies. It's like a, it's like one of those. It's like Big Night or, uh, you know, it's like a big foodie movie because of ramen, and uh, I think that's. I, I didn't even realize who it was the same guy because I watched Tampopo in uh, in college for a film class. It's just kind of strange, but uh, he was a big name. So the fact that he made this like this horror movie was kind of a, a big deal. I mean, he produced it, but uh, I feel like we gotta talk about the whole suicide yakuza conspiracy thing, yeah. which is just absurd. It's like an insane story. Um, so I I feel like we gotta set the backstory. I guess before he made Sweet Home, he made a movie called Minbo, which was like a was like a satire of the yakuza, like making fun of the yakuza, and uh, for people who don't know, the Yakuza is, like, more or less uh, the equivalent of uh, the Japanese mafia, basically. It's just organized crime in Japan. So he made this movie making fun of them, and uh, not long after it came out, he was attacked by Yakuza members, and 
they they took knives and and slashed him across the face like five times. So that for like sure a, as, happened. That for sure happened. Uh, he he had the scars on his face for for the rest of his life after that, which is that's crazy. Like I mean, I think that'd be like if somebody like. I mean, think of Christopher Nolan made a, or think of uh, it's like it's like if Scorsese got attacked by the mafia after making Goodfellas or something like that. Like, <laughs> it's just it's insane. Or if so, uh, if Taika Waititi gets attacked by some Nazis after Jojo Rabbit <laughs> comes out. Well, I don't. That hope, might let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. Some time traveling Nazis. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, he already he was on bad terms with the Yakuza, which I mean. I guess it'd be better than him saying he was on good terms with the Yakuza. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so he was on bad terms with the Yakuza. But in 1997, uh, he was found dead at the base, uh, at the bottom of his office. Like on the, he had, so he supposedly jumped off of his office in a suicide. Uh, he had a, he had been accused of having an affair. Uh, it was all over the newspapers and the tabloids and all that. And he left a suicide note that said that the only way to clear his name or to prove his innocence was his death. His death would be the only way to prove his innocence. Which, if he did commit suicide, um, I don't think that's a good way to prove you're innocent of anything. I mean, maybe if he thought it was the only option. But yeah, I don't see... If anything, you'd think like that makes you sound guilty because <laughs> you wouldn't want to face up to your actions maybe i don't know and I, I mean, I people do like things the... for whatever reasons so maybe it made sense in his head if this is in fact what happened but also i mean there's a little bit of a difference there when it comes to to you know shame and yeah uh, dishonor and all that in, in japan i don't know if that that's anything very to do true. with it but uh yeah so i mean even if that's even if that's what happened that's just bizarre like i mean you don't have like r- renowned famous people kill themselves over a tabloid accusation very often but uh that was the st- that's the story that's most common on the internet that you can find really easy i think it's on his wikipedia page uh then i did a little more digging there is a guy i'm blanking on his name um but i'm sure i can find the article and i can put it up on the screen uh, he is a he's an American journalist who has done most of his work in Japan, and he covers the Yakuza pretty extensively and talks about crime and life in Japan. And apparently, not long after, I think in like 2000, uh, a few years after Atami's death, he spoke to a Yakuza member who said that they had killed Juzo Itami and made it up to look like a suicide. So it was still, it was basically just further revenge for him, him making fun of the Yakuza, basically, back in the 80s and or, or early 90s. It's just, how bizarre is that? I mean, <laughs> this guy who was just a popular film director just got so wrapped up with a Yakuza and them hating him that and when he potentially did, was when killed. Did his, when did his movie come out about them, the one where it made fun uh, of Minbo. him? Minbo. Let me see. Um, I cannot remember if it was before or after. Uh, it came out in 92, so it came out after Sweet Home. Um, and then when did he die? He died in 97, so five years later. I mean, they sure took their time. Like, that's... Yeah. And, I mean, was he still talking shit? Like, I don't... I, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um, it, it, this is one of those things that I've I found that... Uh, you, you know how... A country's cinema can be kind of insular, insular into itself. So, like, an outsider may have seen a movie from 
that country, but they don't really know any much about the inner workings of that industry. So I don't really know. Um, he didn't. It's not a whole lot of English language interviews with him. Yeah. Um, but he was he was attacked. So the movie came out in '92, and then he was attacked near his home by three knife wielding members of the Goto Gumi Yakuza gang. Uh, on May 22nd, 1992, six days after the movie opened, uh, he was beaten and had his face slashed. And uh, actually, that led to a cra- apparently this led to a crackdown against Yakuza activity by the government. Don't know if that's true or not. And then uh, his death is alleged to have been a murder disguised as suicide carried out to prevent him from making a further film about the Yakuza. Was he planning uh, one or they're just like assuming? Maybe he was. Maybe he was. Uh, let's see. What else? I just don't understand how you can be a part of, like, a crime syndicate. Like, someone who, a group that does crimes, <laughs> and be like, why would anyone talk shit about us? This is ridiculous. <laughs> like, how could you be upset? I mean... I mean, like, I guess if they thought it made them look foolish, saying. but, like... I, I mean, I, he was making fun of them, so I think that was the point, is he did make them look stupid in in the movie Minbo. Um, but still, I mean, I, I feel like you're... Have you ever heard of the, the Streisand effect? The Barbara Streisand effect. That sounds familiar, but what is So that? I guess uh, back in, I, I don't know when it was, but somehow pictures of her of her house ended up on the internet. And um, she didn't want people knowing where she lived, so she tried to get them taken down from the internet. But by doing that, she caused them to spread more because she brought attention to it. Uh, so the, the, basically the, the idea behind the Streisand effect is that by trying to stop something or make... Um, you bring more attention to it and therefore do the opposite of what you had originally hoped to do. And I feel like that's all they did by yeah, that's beating this of, guy up and slashing him. That's like that uh, that movie, Escape from Tomorrow, that they filmed at the Disney parks without Disney knowing. And then oh, yeah. Disney never like came out and sued them or said anything about it at all, to my knowledge, because that would just draw more attention to it. And so mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't say anything or try to ban it or whatever, I feel like... It kind of like came and went. Like it would have felt more like edgy and dangerous if Disney was like trying to shut it down, but they like didn't even acknowledge it. So people are like, "Oh, okay, who cares?" Yeah, I, that's. I feel like that's all the Yakuza did by just attacking him. And like, of course, it's hard to prove, you know, a murder over a suicide. So maybe they were successful. I don't know. Uh, but they that it's it's hard to say. But I, I would did I can honestly say when I. I think I came across a trailer for the movie, and the person who who posted the, the trailer said, like, oh, this is the movie that, uh, or I think it was a trailer for the game, I'm sorry, and they said, oh, this is the game that influenced uh, Silent Hill and Resident Evil and a bunch of stuff, and I was like, oh, that's cool, and I started looking into it. I had no idea that I was going to stumble upon this, like, grand organized crime murder conspiracy plot, which is kind of cool honestly made me want to do it but uh i originally had this in the video talking about his his death but jumping from talking about a man's like you know possible suicide possible murder and then jumping right to talking about a super nintendo game is kind of dark like a dark turn yeah so that's why that didn't make the cut but uh, that's pretty interesting it's a wild story though it is um but apparently him and uh, Kyoshi Kurosawa did not get along. Why? Oh, because of the uh, during the making of this movie. Yeah, uh, 
It's kind of, I mean, it's just strange. I, it just happens. Somebody, you know, Kurosawa was kind of a nobody at the time. And I guess Itami thought this was his chance to branch out his, his repertoire. And I found an interview where he talked about how he, um, he wanted to make a horror movie because he felt that, uh, he liked, he liked doing comedy because it, people, when people were laughing, like, they felt like they were part of the movie, like they were involved in it, and he felt that people being scared was even deeper involvement, like, pulled you into the movie more, so that's why he wanted to do a horror movie. Um, and then he was upset that it didn't do well, and which is funny, because this article, um, which is in the video, a uh, snapshot of that article is in the video, he talked about how it wasn't doing well, like, a week after its release, and apparently not long after that, he decided that he was going to reshoot some of it and do the edits without the director's knowledge. And I feel like that happens a lot, uh, and we just don't always hear about it. Yeah, but it's never like that. It's like the studio demands reshoots yeah. or something, or they have their hand in it somehow and say, like, oh, okay, this guy's going to finish it now. But, like, it's never like this I mean, like I, I feel like we've heard about it a lot from uh disney or star wars movies recently yeah uh rogue one had that happen basically they had somebody basically come and direct the reshoots uh, that wasn't the guy who was it gareth edwards who directed the movie originally they had somebody else direct the reshoots and then solo obviously they solo, like kicked they... out lord and miller and brought in yep. uh ron howard yeah, so that's but like you said, that's studios making these decisions. The fact that it was just one guy who was, just, was who was the producer. Yeah, wasn't wasn't he in it too? Yeah, he plays the uh, the old man who kind of like warns them, like, "Oh, that mansion's bad." And then he he's the guy whose uh, face melts off <laughs> in the movie. I don't know if you've got to that point in the movie, but he has a pretty I I may have death he, scene. I saw him singing a drinking song. I guess it was. I see. I wonder. That's. Uh, I wonder if that's something that he did in reshoots because I. I have a hard time believing that was something that the director wanted in it. It's like a, it's a long scene where he sings like the campfire song. Yeah, I was sitting here watching it and I was like, "This is still going." <laughs> <laughs> it's so bizarre. There was no subtitles for that part either, so I was just like, "Okay, it's, it's a song." <laughs> I just wonder. I do. I mean, there's. It's hard to even find interviews where either of them talked about it, and I guess that's partially because of legal stuff. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea what ended up being changed from the original theatrical release to the to the home media release because that's the home media release is the only version that still exists. God, that's. I mean, I don't want to say that's a shame because I'm sure he Who put knows? a lot into the reshoots too, but like imagine like having this vision and like finishing it and it's in theaters and then it's like oh now that version just doesn't exist anymore and like this is what we got I, like i said i think it happens more than you think especially for up-and-coming directors i mean oh, yeah what's his you... face that did uh josh trank that did fantastic four yeah <laughs> When you when you make a couple of small movies and you have all and you get the control because there's not a whole lot of money being thrown into it, uh, I think they kind of you kind of get spoiled and then you go you step up to the big leagues, make a big movie that's supposed to make money, and then you get all your control stripped away like this. And I think it's a pretty common story. And I think it's now now granted, I mean Kurosawa, it's not like his career was ruined by it like Josh Trank's was, and then Josh Trank's a whole other story. But yeah. Um, 
you know, I mean, he still makes movies today that are, I guess, fairly popular in in Japan. But uh, I don't know if he's ever made anything that was supposed to be like a summer blockbuster. He's made some horror movies since then that were popular. He's made some horror movies since then. One of them was, uh, which one? What was the movie that we, the uh, Pulse, that was adapted into an American movie? Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. I've never, never seen either, though. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, but it's interesting. I mean, let's see. Yeah. I Maybe in 2006. Oh, it was the one that had Kristen Bell in it. Oh, I don't even remember that. I honestly don't either. I wouldn't be but, surprised if there was a remake of Sweet Home somewhere down the line. Yeah, I, I think now, though, if you tried to make it, it would just be so... It would seem so derivative. Yeah, it's possible. I can't think of, like, the last, like, Haunted House movie like this. I mean, like, there's Haunted I mean, House li- movies like Crimson Peak, but that's not, like this that's not like a bunch of people get picked off one by one in a haunted house the haunting of hill house just came out last year on netflix i feel like that's still a very common horror movie trope is the haunted house um i'm sure i I I mean of course now that you're saying that i can't uh, think any think of any off the top of my head jurassic park fallen kingdom or whatever like the second half of that is like a haunted house movie with dinosaurs Still haven't seen that. It's actually pretty dope. I like that one. It's just outrageous. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, I just don't think... It wouldn't feel like anything inventive these days. Honestly, I think if they embrace that kind of goofy comedic elements of it more, today that would probably play play better. Uh, It depends. I mean, you got Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. That's... (laughs) close i suppose that's our specialty horror comedy i would just like to see somebody do practical effects like this again like i feel like that's that's what was missing when we saw it chapter two like the whole time i was thinking like this is good but like i feel like if it was all like practical effects for the most part it would just add so much more to it it would like give it a whole different feel and it would be just better like it stands the test of time more when you do practical effects i feel like like i feel like a, a better script also would have i mean script would have helped too so. yeah but yeah. like watching sweet home right now like these effects are pretty damn good like i mean granted it's yeah. not that old but it looks just as good as plenty of things that have come out recently yeah I, I, yeah that's always going to be the case i mean practical effects age better usually yeah, I just don't understand why people don't want to, like, take the time. There's still, like, talented people out there that you could hire to do this stuff instead of spending probably around the same amount for CGI. I don't know. I don't if they, even know who would they, own the rights to Sweet Home anymore if, if it was ever to be remade. I, maybe Toho, but they just distributed the movie. They might still own it. It's hard to say. Did they do any yeah. other horror movies? I mean, besides, like, all the uh, Godzilla stuff. I think I mean they've done hundreds of movies. I'm sure. Oh, they've done like huge. Yeah, they've done like thirty something Godzilla and and other monster (laughs) movies alone. I would be willing to bet that there's quite a few horror movies in there. There I don't. I don't know though. I've only ever seen like you know some of the 
Godzilla movies. <laughs> you gotta watch I mean, some more of those. Those are <laughs> the was it Destroy All Monsters that I watched? That was so good. I don't know. There's one I think with the uh, Mothra and King Ghidra that's like out of control because there's a whole plot <laughs> happening that has nothing to do with the monsters. That's just like coinciding with a monster attack that's happening. And then they gotta yeah. get them to work together to fight King. Ghidorah and they're like translating monster language like <laughs> it's so wacky I love all of those I'm just looking through Toho's uh, list of movies they've done I mean they've done some Akira Kurosawa movies they've done some I feel like I, I never know how to pronounce it Studio Ghibli Ghibli G- Ghibli 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 I don't know they've done they've done quite a few of their movies I don't know if they've done them all. They take me forever to get through all of these, but I they probably have. Um, they've done some of the Pokemon. They've done the Pokemon movies in Japan. Jeez. Uh, pretty much anything you could think of. They've if it had a Japanese release, they probably distributed it. Wow, they've done so much stuff. What uh, what similarities are there between like this and Resident Evil? Because I'm not like. I'm not really into the Resident Evil games or anything. Like I've never so, never seen any I, of the movies either. I talk about it in the in the video a bit. Um, it's kind. I would kind of say that the movie inspired the game Sweet Home, and then the game Sweet Home inspired the Resident Evil games. So, like they're like the movie didn't directly influence the game resident evil i would say but because it influenced the sweet home game it's pretty they're pretty tied i guess it's really not much more than a team of people go to a creepy mansion that's full of monsters ghosts you know what i mean like that's that's pretty much the basic idea this whole story about like the baby that was in the furnace or whatever like that doesn't carry through to resident evil at all no so the first (laughs) resident evil of course when you start thinking about the other resident evils like resident evil 4 and 5 i mean you got like superhero main characters doing karate kicks to zombies and stuff that's not you know that's resident the first resident evil is very different it's like a real slow-paced uh, exploration, survival kind of thing. It's 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 very different. Um, no, the story is very different. Just the basic setup, I think, of people going to this creepy mansion and trying to survive and get out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was literally supposed to be a remake. They were just gonna take the. They were just gonna take Sweet Home and and remake it with modern graphics and on the playstation i mean think about the difference between the original nintendo entertainment system and the playstation one i mean that's a huge huge jump in, in power yeah i mean like the stuff i've seen from the sweet home video game is like primitive compared to even the first resident evil probably yeah uh but i guess if you want to talk about like direct comparisons um i you know i never i haven't looked i would be I wouldn't be surprised if there is a like a side by side like oh this is what you do in Sweet Home even though it's you know 16 bit graphics versus um, Resident Evil but uh, the original Resident Evil when you walked into like a new room the camera stayed locked in one position and you moved within that room uh, with that from that one camera angle and it was really slow paced and you you never you didn't really deal with like a bunch of 
enemies at the same time. So it was kind of a lot of times it was a one-on-one -on -one encounter. You could you could just run. You didn't necessarily always have to fight because you didn't have much ammo. And I think that's a big part of of Sweet Home. It's it's text based. So like when you encounter an enemy, it pops up in like a first person view of your character looking at the enemy, mm -hmm. and then you can either fight it if you have a weapon that you find, or you can you can flee. Um, the way you heal in Sweet Home was is probably the most direct comparison. You have to you find healing tonics. And in the original Resident Evil, you would you would find um, like they, they fucking look like house plants. They're herbs that heal you, and that's the only way you heal. Uh, so they, I mean, they they basically took the same play style and wrote a new story under it. Huh. Which is kind of cool. And then the fact, and it's it's just strange that a movie led to a game, that game inspired another game, which led to a movie. Which is kind of cool, but don't get me don't get me wrong. The Resident Evil movies are fucking out there. <laughs> well, have you ever watched Have you ever watched any of them? No, there's about what seven of them. Uh, six or seven. I can't remember what I said. Um, yeah, it's about six or seven too many. <laughs> um, they they basically have nothing to do with the games. They use some of the same characters and the same basic plot, like you know the city names and the fact that there's like an infection and all that but it's pretty it's they're pretty stupid i uh i was looking on imdb and i guess there's some like discrepancy about which came first the sweet home video game or the movie because they like came out around the same time i guess they released on the same day yeah so i think what confused i, I think what both, confused a lot but... of people what confused a lot of people is that the first trailer for the movie was also the first trailer for the game. Yeah, that's so, what they said on IMDb. Because I've, if you, uh, you can watch the full movie. We should probably say that you can watch it on YouTube. And before, yeah. like this, the best version of it on here starts with that trailer that combines mm -hmm. footage from the game and footage from the movie. Yeah, they were making the game the same time they were making the movie. I just wonder how they much have... they, uh, how much they talk to each other. If it was, I mean, that's got to still happen now with like the turnaround for some of this shit like when you're making a i mean i guess there's not as many like uh video Tying games based games. on movies now but like back in the day when they were doing like ice age pirates of the caribbean uh whatever the hell was coming out there was a video game for every movie so you gotta think they must have been working on them at the same time i'm, I'm sure it's pretty much it was pretty much the same as it always has been there's probably some yeah, weird they, shit in some of those games if you go back and play them. That's like not related well, see, to the always, movies at all. Always what it—that's the way it always was, and I think it's the same for Sweet Home. They know the story, um, but they don't necessarily know how the movie ends up. Like just because it, the script is written a certain way, and you know how things are going to go, you know things get changed in editing and stuff. So they use that same basic story, but they can build on top of it. I mean, if you played any of like the the shitty Marvel games that used to come out, which they stopped after like captain america i think um it had like some plot lines from the from the movies but it also had its own like plot did you ever play any of the old spider-man games for the uh, the sam raimi spider-man oh, movies i absolutely love that uh that spider-man 2 game i would play oh, that on so good. gamecube I played, all the time i probably played like 300 hours on both spider-man 1 and spider-man 2 <laughs> um so yeah i mean those they they had the plot of the movie in them that was like the main plot of the game, but you also fought like characters that weren't in in the movie, and that's kind of what Sweet Home was. Uh, I think 
the direct the director told the director of the movie told the director of the game like hey um i don't want you to feel like you have to follow my story precisely if you know if something else works better and i guess at the time that was rare uh, according according to the guy who made resident evil um uh, he said that at the time, if you were working on a, a video game a- adaptation of a movie, you didn't get to differ from the movie, really. Like, they didn't want you to do that. So the fact that the people who made the movie were like, hey, make your game and, you know, just use the use our plot, use our movie as a, as a, as a launching point. I guess that was kind of a big deal at the time. Um, so I think that's why... You know, you know, I mean, in the movie, they have what they see like premonitions, you know, not premonitions. Um, they see like monsters and ghosts and stuff, but they're kind of just like visions created by the ghost. In the game, you actually fight zombies and shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they just, I mean, you know, if you're just running from a ghost for the whole game, I think a lot at the time that would not have been all that interesting, even though that is more or less what you do in like Silent Hill, Silent Hill which I think is a reason why it's Silent Hill kind of took some inspiration from it. There's, um, that whole, there's the whole a movie idea of, of just that running, too, isn't there? Silent Hill. Yeah, they've made a few. Yeah, they made a few. I think the most recent one had uh, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones in it. What? When did that come out? Not that long ago. 2014, 2015. I swear, some of this just goes like under the radar, and you forget that it even came out. Like, left no impact whatsoever. Like, yeah, I mean. Like I was That's looking, I was looking recently, and I was like, "Oh yeah, The Rock was in a Hercules movie." Oh god, I forgot about that. He was at the same time that another Hercules movie came out too, starring Kellen Lutz. Don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> I've never then, seen either one of them. Wasn't The Rock also in a uh, Conan the Barbarian movie? Uh, that was um Jason Momoa, wasn't it? Oh, it was. That's the one that I was like so like freaked out by because now jason momoa is like this big deal but then that came out and like i had no idea that he was the star of that because it came out before he was like as big of a deal and now he's everywhere yeah now he's now he's aquaman it's so weird it's weird when it's stuff that like didn't even come out that long ago like that came out in 2011 and (laughs) completely like forgot it was a thing yep (laughs) that's how it goes I mean, that's really how this movie was. I mean, even I mean, obviously, it never released outside of Japan, but even in Japan, it wasn't it wasn't popular. So the fact that it led, you know, eventually down the line to Resident Evil is just strange. Yeah, it's kind of cool though because I mean, you never know what effect your uh, work will have on somebody, even if it's not what you expect, like. They probably thought, oh, this will be a big hit or whatever. But then it ended up inspiring somebody else to make something. Well, I mean, technically, the same guy who made Sweet Home, the Sweet Home game made <laughs> Resident Evil 2. So. Oh, shit, that's right. <laughs> but the fact that they made Sweet Home and then they made Resident Evil, which was kind of a, I wouldn't say a small-scale game, don't get me wrong. But, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like this big, like, huge story action movie. But then they made Resident Evil 4, which was... I mean, have you you haven't played any of the Resident Evil games, really? I think I played some demos at GameStop back in the day. Yeah, I mean, so Resident, but they went from you know just a, a team of cops trapped in a in a mansion full of zombies, to 
like an international team of badasses who travel the globe and fight zombie outbreaks and stuff. And you you got like a character, like the main character of Resident Evil 1 is one of the main characters of Resident Evil 5. And he has like, you know, 74 inch biceps in Resident <laughs> Evil 5, which is just hilarious. Uh, it's, it, I guess, you know, sometimes things just take on a life of their own in that way. Or I guess the pessimistic way to look at it is they didn't want to come up with an idea, so they just took that and turned it into something else. I mean, you're not wrong, <laughs> but it was it was his idea. Uh, Fujiwara, the guy who made the first Sweet Home game, um, I mean, it was his idea to remake it. From everything I could find, he wanted to remake Sweet Home. And, you know, he was like a legend, so of course Capcom is going to be like, say, sure, bud, here's a bunch of money. Um, so they kind of they let him do it, and that's what he wanted to do. You don't you don't really hear people want to remake their own thing very often, but I guess it's different when you make video games because you see an opportunity to make it more. You know, as technology increases, you can enact your vision more. Plus, I, I guess know. like a a video game remake almost makes more sense because like if something came out on some old system that nobody has their hands on anymore then no one can really play yeah. it or know about it. So it makes That's sense. That's what I'm saying. And Where, like, you can a make... movie always exists. You can watch it no matter what, usually. But exactly. It kind of makes sense to remake a video game if you think about it like that. It does. And, yeah, and, and like I said, technology keeps getting better, so you can do more things that you may have originally hoped you could do. Now you can. Yeah, that's very true. But I, I just... I, I think that's what made this story interesting for me, is not... You know, the movie's not great. It's goofy and has not aged well, necessarily. The game is, one, hard to get your hands on in general. It's a pretty, like, just to get a cartridge of it. I don't I don't have a NES, but just to get a cartridge of it, it's pretty expensive. And uh, it's in Japanese. Um, so the, the fact that just some, you know, kind of mediocre, just okay horror movie has just built, like, basically a huge... One of the big, one of the biggest uh, video game franchises ever. It's just strange. It's crazy how things happen like that. Yeah, it's true. I would, I'd be perfectly happy making a shitty horror movie that inspired like a huge, <laughs> inspired something way bigger than it. One day, that's that's a good thing to aspire to. Yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if it's not gonna be a huge hit, then that's like the second best thing, I suppose. Yeah, because I, I think you, that you know that happens. People who who make stuff during their time, pretty much go un, you know unappreciated and don't get much praise. And then thirty years down the line, we look at them through a new light, and people are like, "Oh, that's that inspired me." And even though at the time it wasn't popular, that happens a lot. Yeah. Especially especially in movies and you know any any kind of art form really. Yeah, there's a lot of people uh, that have been inspired by like people who were underappreciated but now that like this new generation that was inspired by whoever it is is making stuff of their own then they mm-hmm. all kind of like give give them their due props i can't think of any like good examples but there's a lot of people that come up and they're like children of so and so like they're very much inspired by a certain person that maybe didn't get the credit back when they were more active Yep, I do. I do wish uh, Kyoshi Kurosawa was related to Akira Kurosawa, though. That would have made this an even better story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be but, a uh, nice connection. 
Yeah. But, I don't know. This was a nice little simple one for Halloween. Yeah, nice definitely. Nice spooky. Got, it, got to use lots of nice spooky footage from the movie of people's faces melting and people getting <laughs> chopped in half. It's, and... uh, it's worth checking out. I was going to say I'll post some clips on our like social media, but I'm wondering if like the gore and stuff will get it taken down off of Instagram and shit. That's true. It is pretty gory. I <laughs> I might give it a try. I don't know. We'll post some stuff um, on our social media if you follow us on there. But we'll see if we get thrown in Twitter jail or something. <laughs> hey, I got an idea to close this one out. We always just kind of like peter out and just like, well, I guess we're, we're done. Um, so ha- Halloween's coming up. What is a good horror movie that people should watch for Halloween that you think that, like, probably a lot of people haven't seen. Oh, God. I could go on and on, honestly. Pick one. Pick one. I I feel like a lot of people haven't seen this, but maybe more people have now. I hope Mm -hmm. I'm not taking yours, but I was thinking, like, uh, if you want to see another foreign film, that's a horror movie. There's a South Korean movie, Train to Busan, and it's really good. It's a zombie movie. And me and you watched it together one night. I remember I was exhausted. It was like midnight when we started watching it. (laughs) And I was like, I'm for sure falling asleep during this movie. And I didn't. We were like both like awake, glued to the screen like the entire time because that's just a really good movie. (laughs) Like uh, I've been meaning to watch it again, actually. And it might, might still be on Netflix. I'm not sure. But... That's worth checking out for sure if you like zombie movies. It's got pretty much everything you could want. Uh, yeah, we still we still talk about that movie a lot. Yeah, I've only watched it that one time, but I just bought it recently because I, uh, I found like a really cool Steelbook cover Blu-ray at Walmart of all places, and I got that, so I'm going to watch it again ASAP because yeah. that movie's insane. I feel like I, I, feel like I want to pick a... A Japanese horror movie, just because you know, it fits the it fits the theme. Um, you know, I can tell you one foreign horror movie that you should not watch. <laughs> oh, uh, I know what you're gonna say. <laughs> what is it called? Is it Good Night uh, Mommy? Mommy? Good Night Mommy. Yes. <laughs> oh, what a pile of shit that movie. <laughs> Do not believe the hype on that movie. People will um, say anything looks good if it's like shot well and like whatever, but that whole movie was just I'm well the whole movie is mostly just boring but then it ends just like torture porn and you're like okay cool so glad I watched this how disturbing and creepy and wild like no don't waste your time that movie was that's another one we watched together and we were both like what okay (laughs) wow so glad we wasted Uh, our time with that one I guess if I have to pick one um probably the scariest movie I've ever seen and there is an American version of it, but I would say just watch the Japanese version because it's it's as good or superior in, in every regard. And that's uh, The Grudge, which I think in Japan it's called uh, Juan. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And now they're remaking um, it again. Did you see that? Yeah. They yeah, just released just, a poster for it today. The, is that, I, thought I, saw, I thought it was say a trailer, but yeah, a poster. You're right. I'm sure there'll be a trailer um, soon, but it's like Sam Raimi produced it, and I can't remember who's directing, but... Well, that makes it even more fitting. Go watch the, the Japanese version of The Grudge, because whew, that yeah. got me pretty good when I was a kid. I'm sure. 
and watch uh, Train to Busan before they do the Americanized remake of that, because I'm pretty sure it's I've coming. heard that that's happening at some point. I don't know who's doing it, but it's it's happening. And also, if you haven't, I mean, you got to watch The Exorcist. I still think, I, I always say that's that's still one that's in my top ten movies, period, but I, it's I think, by far my favorite horror film. Did we watch that together, too? We did, yeah. Uh, that was just a couple of years I, ago. I feel like we watched that. I had never seen it before, and I was like, I was preparing for the worst, but it's... It, hol- it's, it holds up so well, Yeah, I but think. it's not, like, as scary as people say. Like, I was preparing for the absolute worst, but... I think it's more of just a good movie than it is a scary movie. Yeah, it is a really good movie. That's so if you haven't seen that, watching. I mean, you got you got to watch The Exorcist. I mean, we talked about Poltergeist. Watch that too. Maybe that's one you can watch with somebody who's not as into horror movies. If you're gonna watch one with like a, a scaredy girlfriend or wife or something. <laughs> I just um, I don't... recently watched um, Jeepers Creepers. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that first Jeepers Creepers actually. I really even though it's made by that. a pedophile. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Well, also Francis, Francis Ford Coppola uh, produced it. Which I thought was yeah. surprising, but that yeah, that first one uh, is good. The second one's all right, but the first one is really, really good. Yeah, the first one's. I still think about that movie every now and then, but yeah, it's that it's one's. Good, there's... It's wild because it came out in two thousand one, but it feels like it is like from the seventies or eighties or something. Like it's really good. I mean, honestly, we're living in like the golden age of horror stuff right now. Anyways, uh, go watch the the haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh super yeah, super duper spooky. I've been meaning and it's to really do well that. Made. And there's just so many well-made horror movies coming out now. I mean, there's also just as much crap, but yeah, you yeah. should have no shortage of stuff to pick from. Yeah, it's tr- Halloween. Trying to think of some good ones that have come out this year as far as horror stuff goes. Yeah, we'll have to put have to put a little something together for uh, for social. We'll send it out. Yeah, just like a a nice a little little list. List, yeah, because I could go on and on. I've been watching all kinds of crap recently i've been watching a lot of like the bad cheesy ones like i just watched killer clowns from outer space and that was fun <laughs> um i'm trying to remember oh i watched the hole in the ground and the good little oh, yeah. irish horror flick which really surprised me actually you were telling me about that yeah it's pretty good there's i think i, I think i watched that when i was like bedridden for a day with with some sickness i don't remember <laughs> but that's the that's the best way just watch movies all day yeah um but I guess that that's pretty much it for this podcast. I knew we'd ramble on for a bit if we started talking about movies. So. Oh yeah, we could do a whole another podcast just about. Hey, have you seen this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you uh. Yeah, we gave you a good couple of good suggestions. So go watch a good horror movie this Halloween. I don't know. Uh, I guess that's the end of our little nostalgia run. Maybe we'll this will be something we'll do, on a yearly basis, or we'll do more more themed, runs of yeah, nostalgia. But I would definitely uh, like to, but. Yeah, I think it might be a little bit before we post some new content while we kind of plan some more stuff for the future. But uh, just, I don't know, if you're not already subscribed, please subscribe to the channel. Follow us on social. We, I promise we do post stuff on our social. I know, I'm pretty active on the uh, Twitter and whatnot, but got to gain that following. There's yeah, got to get more people over there. More people on YouTube here than there are on uh, Twitter, but yep. we always post in we having a good time more stuff yeah, coming we'll have some we got some stuff planned we'll have some good stuff coming up so stay tuned definitely but, uh, i guess other than that we'll uh, we'll see you next time happy halloween